0: Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution.
1: Engaging.
2: Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist.
0: Live. A mystery then of the Rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching. Hello, everybody. This is Father Craig
3: Vasek coming at you live from Bismarck, North Dakota. I'm so glad I once upon a time was a host for Real Presence Live. I took a hiatus. I went to Hawaii. No, I didn't go to Hawaii, but I, I went off for a bit. But I'm back and I'm so delighted, I'm, uh, I'm so honored to be with this great team. I've watched over these past couple years the, the stations expanding across our listening area, new stations building, uh, towers being expanded bigger, spreading the message further. I absolutely am honored and delighted to be with you. Coming at you from the University Center at the University of Mary, this place is bustling with activity all summer long. I would like to begin our show with a prayer. Please join me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and your kindness. We love you. We want to know you. We ask for the grace of your Holy Spirit to touch us, that we may, that we may see, that we may hear, that we may know Jesus. We ask that you would bless our time, that you would bring many listeners to hear the saving message, the liberating message of your Son, We just consecrate this time through your son, Jesus, in his holy name, to your glory and honor. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everybody, I am so happy to be with you. Please stay with us for these two hours from 9 to 11 Central here as we plummet and plume all sorts of things uh, throughout our listening area. I'm wondering, Aaron, are you with us? I certainly am. Could you tell us what we're going to experience today?
1: I would be happy to. We are definitely blessed to have Father Craig here in the hot seat today. He's going to be hosting two great, wonderful hours. In this first hour, we have Father Carlos Martins here to talk about the University of Mary presenting a teaching and exposition of sacred relics coming up here on Thursday, July 11th. I'm not going to go too far into it because that'll just give things away for you. Then in the, uh, a little bit later in the hour, we'll have Father Craig here for Straight Talk. You'll want to get those questions ready from 9.30 to 10 a.m. Central. Call in at 877-795-0122 to get those questions for him. Then in the second hour, we'll talk with Eric Gallagher on the confirmation retreats coming up here in the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Also, Mike Kodrowski here on Heart of Your Legacy. We'll hear more about that. And a guest speaker for the Thirst Conference coming up here in Bismarck, Vera Maria Santo. And she's got an amazing story. We'll hear more about that coming up in the second hour. All this here coming up on Real Presence Live. We're blessed to have everyone here and give it back to you here, Father.
3: Thank you, Aaron. Aaron is. Production managering this show from afar, so he's just in my ear, and it's wonderful to have him running, <laughs> making sure everything's going. Everybody, this is a delight. We're going to be on with Father Carlos Martins in a bit. Um, I just want to tell you about how awesome life is right now. I've been living here at the University of Mary. Uh, I moved here January to take an assignment. Um, at the request of Monsignor James Shea, the president of the university, to work with athletes. And so the University of Marius, it's a small Catholic college in Bismarck, and it's, I guess it was small, but it's, it's growing. <laughs> it's growing quickly with uh, the number of students and the quality of uh, education and, and faith. Uh, and I'm just, I'm delighted to be part of it. Um, so, I came here. They have a full time chaplain priest on campus, um, but they wanted to expand the ministry to to all the different dimensions of campus, including the uh, the athletic department, which uh, has its own it's, it has its own way it 's uh, different than just a education department um, so they wanted to really reach in deep to the athletic department. So my office is not at the University Ministry Center with Father Shea. My office is on the athletic um, training wing next to the head volleyball coach across from the athletic training room around the corner from the locker rooms for uh, the basketball team. <laughs> I'm right in the heart of the uh, the athletic department. And so I spend my day, um, right now in the summer I'm, I'm out and about, but uh, spend my days with the athletes, 450 athletes, uh, 17 different athletic programs here at the university. So really magnificent. I uh, just want to tell you all that. I'm sitting here in the middle of this university center, just enjoying, enjoying summer, enjoying the Lord's blessing upon this university. So that's enough of me for now. We'll get back to me actually uh, in a little while. You can call in and uh, ask me any question you want about anything. And I will Deflect and defer to somebody else. I'll just give you websites or something like that. Uh, but uh, we'll move into our first segment this morning. Uh, the University of Mary is going to be hosting uh, a traveling uh, display of sacred relics. So, online with me here is Father Carlos Martins. Are you there, Father?
0: I am here. Good morning.
3: Good morning, Father. Where are you? Where are we meeting up with you at right now? Where, what part of the world are you?
0: This morning, I woke up in Michigan. <laughs>
3: Do you usually wake up somewhere else?
0: <laughs> I I am uh, uh, I, I guess you could call me a gypsy priest uh, <laughs> okay. with the, with the exhibit that I uh, with the Vatican exhibit that I that's in my care. I travel a lot, mm. uh, so I I am usually in a new place every day.
3: Okay, so where if you
0: had a home, where would it be, Father? It would be. It would be in Detroit, Michigan. My religious community, the Companions of the Cross, we have our seminary in Detroit, and, and, and that's technically... What my domicile is, what my home is.
3: <laughs> so, if we went to canon law, that's where we would have to write your your domicile. Okay, so Father, that's correct. I, I want to speak about this uh, sacred display of relics, display of sacred relics. Uh, but first, you mentioned that you're a member of the Companions of the Cross. Um, can you share with the listeners uh, a little bit of that religious institute?
0: Certainly. Uh, yeah, the Companions of the Cross are. We were founded approximately thirty five years ago, so we're a relatively young community. Um, the charism is evangelization. And so uh the 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 brothers within the community that evangelization takes on a number of different forms. Some are parish priests, some are campus ministers, uh some have itinerant ministry like I do where yeah. we we give parish missions and and uh, Uh, travel to places in order to minister. Uh, but the the community, our founder passed, uh, less than eight years ago. So he, I mean, we, those of us who, who have been part of the community for a while, we certainly remember our founder. Uh, but we, we are a relatively young community.
2: Okay.
3: Very good. And you are exercising one of these itinerant uh, ministries by going around uh, the United States or maybe beyond with this with this display. So let's move to that, Father. Um, the University of Mary is going to be hosting this, um, but we want to talk about relics. Um, we want to talk about this display of sacred relics, a beautiful gift in the life of the church. Um, But just for a person who's like, what's a relic? Why are we talking about that? What exactly is going on here? Can you just explain basically what what that's all about?
0: Certainly, yeah. So relics, uh, in a nutshell, are physical objects that have a direct association with a saint or with our Lord. And so they are usually broken down into three classes first-class relics are the body or any part of the body of a saint, such as pieces of bone or flesh. Second-class relics are something that a saint personally owned, um, such as uh, an item of clothing, a book, a writing instrument, and so forth. Third-class relics are anything that touched a first, second, or a third-class relic of a saint, and that Could be that that could have happened within the saint's lifetime or afterwards. So those are touched relics, if you will.
3: Okay. Okay. Thank you for taking us through that uh, description. Um, So just because we know what they are now, what, why, why does that? Why? (laughs) Like, (laughs) what's, what's that all about for a Catholic?
0: What's that? Sure. Sure. Um, So, so there's, there's a number of reasons. Um, the saints are members of Christ's body. And the physical body of a saint is a temple of the Holy Spirit. We we hear that from Paul in various places uh, within his epistles. But more specifically, the ministry I do is a healing ministry Mm. because God likes to work healing through relics. Mm. And we we hear about it in scripture in a number of different places. In fact, every single time relics are mentioned in scripture, there are always two things that occur. There is always a healing. Mm. And secondly, touch is the is, is is the mean which that healing comes about. So for example, in the second book of Kings in the Old Testament, man had died and was and was buried. He was buried in uh, a grave in, within which the prophet Elisha had previously been buried. Now, this was a common thing. You, you dug a deep hole, you carved shelves on the side of that hole, and until that grave was full, you, you kept putting uh, bodies, corpses, within it. Well, accidentally, as the man was being buried, his body came into contact with the bones of Elisha. And it says he came back to life and sprang to his feet. In the New Testament, uh, we hear in Matthew 9, for example, uh, the woman who was healed of her hemorrhage by touching the hem of Christ's cloak. Uh, And and Mark even goes further. When Mark relates that, he says, and as many as touched it were healed. Hmm. In Acts chapter 5, we hear about Peter healing with his shadow that when he would walk down the street, people would, would would line the street with the sick so that his shadow might touch them. Now, what this is telling us is that even Peter's shadow was healing. Whoa! In Acts 19, Paul was so holy and had such a, a, a reputation for holiness that they would touch him with handkerchiefs and aprons and then lay them on the sick and it says their diseases would leave them, and if they had any evil spirits, they would depart from them. So, this is what God chooses to do through the relics of the saints. And I bring that uh, to the people of God throughout the world with this Vatican exhibit. So, people mm-hmm. are permitted to touch them. They can hold the reliquary. can touch their devotional items to them, images of their friends and family members as a means of intercession, and have an experience with the saint through his or her physical remains. Hmm.
3: Um I just need to say something here, Father. I, I almost forgot I was hosting a radio show right now. I'm, I'm really delighted to listen to you speak. I feel like I'm in the classroom uh, receiving Bible instruction, and I love it. But uh, I have to remember that I am a host. Uh, this is Father Craig Vosick, uh, your host today for Real Presence Live. And we are on the phone with Father Carlos Martins, who just gave us an exquisite biblical understanding of uh, relics in the early life of the Church. And we want to get into a... Uh, talking about this display that's coming to the University of Mary. So we need, to, we need to move in that direction now, Father. But I just want to reflect for a moment my, my just delight to hear this biblical teaching. I, I, I received instruction in relics. Um, I moved to Italy. I lived in Italy. I fell in love with uh, the tombs of the saints uh, and the relics that were held at different churches. Uh, but it took a while still for me to to really grasp the biblical the biblical proofs and I was visiting a shrine a couple of years ago and uh, this the, the tour guide uh, was speaking about a couple of different biblical pieces that I, I forgot or I hadn't seen before and it's just so refreshing and, and uh, encouraging or heartening to, to see that the practices that we have in the Church are right from apostolic times. And uh, they've just they come down in such a holy way. So thank you for that really beautiful um, biblical teaching. Can we move in a direction um, now about your coming uh, with this exhibition of sacred relics to the University of Mary? Um, so just can you share something about that?
0: Sure, certainly. So the, the exhibit had a tour scheduled for the Midwest, the, through the center of the of the nation, and the i the ministry generally books quite a while, quite a ways out in advance, um, generally around three or four years. And so, the University of Mary, several months ago, six seven months ago, they were dedicating an altar, and they wanted a relic for that altar. So they reached out to me if whether I could help procure one for them, mm. and I did so. And then um, I had mentioned to the university, look, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be very close to you. Would you like to have an exhibit Mm. uh, on your campus? I have a free day. And so they jumped on it, and that's how that visit came about.
3: Great. We are going to be delighted. This is going to be, we only have a few minutes left, Father, um, but that'll be on July 11th. At seven PM uh, in at the University of Mary, and I'll give those details in a minute. But um, Father, can you just share with us um, this tour is coming? What what will the faithful experience when they come?
0: Sure. Well, uh, so every exposition begins with a teaching where I explain relics. Uh, that teaching is a very thorough one. It mm. is. Um. By the time people are done, I will explain the theology behind relics. I will go over through the scriptures again. I'll talk about some very special relics in the Church, and that will be part of this exhibit. For example, there will be uh, one of the largest fragments of the true cross left in the Church that will be present. There will be a fragment of Our Lady's veil, the cloth that Our Lady wore around her head while she was alive on Earth. Relics of all the apostles... Relics of saints that 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 are loved and be loved throughout the world. Saint Therese of uh, Lisieux, uh, Saint Maximilian Kolbe, and so forth. Saint John Paul II. And at, I part of that presentation. I train people on how to find their saint. Mm. So I guarantee people that there's going to be one saint that is going to reach out and connect with them. Oh, that's great. And, and so. I, I train them on how to do that. Great. And so afterwards people have an opportunity to venerate them.
3: Good. Father, we have absolutely run out of time and I'm really sad about that. <laughs> but thank you for being on the on the on the phone with us today, being on the show, and we look forward to seeing you uh, very soon.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure being with you.
3: Wonderful. God bless, Father. Uh thank God bless. Thank you so much. We look forward to having you on campus very soon. Coming up next, um, if you have a question about the faith or want to try to stump me, uh, please don't do that. But <laughs> please call in. Get those questions ready for our straight talk segment coming up in a little bit. Um And also, uh, Eric Gallagher of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. I almost called him a priest. I guess uh, he's got a calling, maybe. Uh, He was going to share about what it means to be a disciple uh, in the Diocese of Sioux Falls. All of that is coming up soon on Real Presence Live. Stay with us here.
0: Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Taking what you experience on Sunday in church and applying it during the week at work can be a challenge. This year's Faith in Business Conference is for business owners, managers, and those that seek to integrate their faith into the workplace. This year's conference features world-renowned speakers that will help you take faith principles and turn them into business practices. Learn how to take your Sunday into Monday on Thursday, August 8th at the Ramcota Hotel in Sioux Falls from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. For more information and tickets, go to faithinbusinessconference.com.
3: Real Presence Live is now coming to you five days a week, bringing you new hosts, new locations, and brand new segments, including Heart of Your Legacy, where, as the name suggests, we get at the heart of giving and how you can leave a lasting legacy. And Honor Our Fathers, where you send us the names of your favorite priests, and we offer special recognition and a dozen donuts to one each week. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live, weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central
0: you're listening to real presence live now back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area heard right here on the rpr network to a new segment as you know real presence
3: radio is wonderful and fantastic in every way uh, but they also want to focus on prayer on uh, caring for our local audience And so we are going to move into this new segment, which was introduced last week. uh, And that is to just look at the prayer requests that come in uh, to Real Presence Radio daily. Um, Someone who might be suffering, uh, maybe lost a job, uh, traveling, looking for the Lord's blessing, having troubles in their marriage, uh, trying to discern the Lord's will, uh, or people that are just rejoicing and want to thank the Lord for that. And Real Presence Radio uh, truly cares and wants to stay close to those prayer requests. And so instead of just keeping that behind the scenes, we're bringing that forward in this new segment. So we'll just go through some of those uh, intentions that have been brought forward and I'll I'll just offer prayer. Please join with me as we pray for these particular intentions. So I'll just list the intentions here and then we'll we'll pray for them just for a, a minute or two and we'll move on with our program. So stay with us. The first prayer intention will be for V's daughter. The second prayer intention will be uh, for a person named Michael. Uh, The third intention is for someone's friend whose name is Joy. And the last one is for someone's nephew whose name is Josh. Uh, So we're praying for V, Michael, and his family Joy and Josh. And so I'll I'll, I'll list out the intention fully and offer a prayer. Please join with me. In the name of the Father, End of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we're praying for V's daughter and she's facing some very major issues in her life. We want to ask that God would give her wisdom, love and discernment. Heavenly Father we present V and her daughter in particular to you today. There's some really serious things going on and you know them and so we just want to entrust V's daughter to you. Today we're wherever she is uh, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon her to give her the spirit of wisdom the spirit of love and clear discernment give her light to her mind and a flame of love for her heart we entrust her to you and her family we thank you the second prayer intention that, that God may God Michael and his family as they face a divorce we just want to take a moment to pray for them. Heavenly Father, we turn to you with regard to Michael and his family as well. Uh, And this divorce, which is hard, sorrowful, and can be filled with confusion and resentment or misunderstanding, Lord, we ask that you would go there through the intercession of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, those three who loved in a family so well that the love of their hearts would spill into these families, into these people in this family, that they would receive your care and your tenderness and your compassion. In Jesus' name. We also want to pray for uh, someone's friend whose name is Joy, who's suffering her third recurrence with brain cancer. Oh, man. Heavenly Father, we bring to you joy. Joy. Uh, this person's friend and all of Joy's family and friends everybody who's part of this um, all of the doctors all of the care specialists Lord we just we offer Joy and all of these people to you Uh, cancer is this reality of eating away and so we ask for your Holy Spirit to come and to restore to bring recreation just a special uh, grace for these people so we just entrust joy to you in Jesus name our last intention is for someone's nephew whose name is Josh Josh, who may need a heart transplant Heavenly Father we, we turn to you for uh, this person's nephew whose name is Josh and uh, we entrust Josh to you uh, his body and uh, his internal organs, uh, we simply turn to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and ask for his heart to, to come and be close to Josh's heart uh, for whatever is necessary that, that your guidance would be there. So Heavenly Father, we entrust all of these intentions to you and all those intentions throughout the entire Real Presence family, those who have been entrusted to the network, and those uh, of just of the listeners who are in their homes right now thinking of their intentions. Um, So we just offer all of them to you, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. That was a very tender moment (laughs) on the radio with all of you. Um, So for V, for Michael, for Joy, for Josh, we're honored to pray for you. And for all you in the listening uh, area, we want to keep praying for you. This is a family. This is, yeah, it's a, it's a corporation uh, running a, a radio station, but it's uh, this is a family because it's the Catholic Church uh, throughout time and space. So, anyway, that's the end of our first installment. We have to move back into high energy, I think, somehow. Uh, but that was just kind of a tender moment. If you have any special intentions that you would like prayed for, please visit the website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, and submit it under the prayer request tab at the top of the page. You can also submit an intention on our app. Simply click on prayer requests on the main screen. (laughs) My dad just sent me a text saying, good job leading those prayers. (laughs) Thanks, dad. (laughs) Ah, My dad is great. My dad is always going to be a dad, isn't he? Fabulous. Thanks, dad. I love you. I love you a lot. We've got a couple minutes here. Um, We've got the Stump the Priest or uh, Ask the Question Straight Talk with Father Vasek coming up in a few minutes uh, you gotta you gotta hit us up you gotta call us uh, if you're gonna get on with that you can go on uh, Real Presence uh, Facebook page I also posted it on my page Father Craig Vasek and uh, you can call in we'll give you the phone number uh, let's see if I can pull the phone number up where is it 877 7950122 will be the Straight Talk segment coming up in a few minutes um it says here that I'm supposed to talk for a couple of minutes. I don't mind doing that. I kind of get paid for that sometimes. I gave a 22-minute sermon last night. Uh, that is three times longer than a priest is supposed to preach. So for all those who had to endure that, I am sorry. But for, for those who did take it in, it was, a, it was a very comprehensive catechesis on the task of the laity with regard to announcing the gospel of Jesus Christ. What I told him at the beginning of my homily was, the reason why I'm going to preach this homily is to make my job as a priest easier as I make the job for the layperson harder. Because we are all tasked, priest and non-priest, if you're baptized, we are tasked with the mission of proclaiming and announcing Jesus Christ as Lord and so I just dug into some teaching from the Second Vatican Council and the Catechism of the Catholic Church and scripture on on that last night. So it went for 22 minutes. I apologize again to those who had to hear that, but um, it was clear, it was comprehensive, and hopefully those people are announcing the gospel today. I don't think too many people fell asleep, actually. I was preaching actually fairly loud. Yeah, I don't think they could have fallen asleep if they wanted to. I was getting a little loud last night. All right, what do I want to tell you, everybody? I am delighted, as I mentioned, to be back as a host for Real Presence um, this summer at the University of Mary. Uh, We've hosted FOCUS, the Fellowship of Catholic University students, two-thirds or three-fourths, I'm not sure of the math exactly, of their student missionaries, a graduate of college, now going back and being missionaries for students on college campuses. There are like 600 of them here. uh, Training for a two-year commitment to go out onto college campuses throughout the United States of America and proclaim Jesus Christ. Uh, This is magnificent. Uh, So I got to see that. I got to see lay people prepared to go on mission and you don't need to be a professional missionary we'll talk about that later to go and announce the gospel so we're coming up now on a new segment um maybe something that i've already talked about or that we've talked about on the show has struck a chord it's now your chance to ring in we're going into a new segment called straight talk this one is uh with me i guess that's what's new we've been doing straight talk for a while we do it every day uh but i'm back on air So here we go, coming into this new segment for me, Straight Talk with Father Craig Vasek. I am here in the studio at the University of Mary in Bismarck. This segment on Real Presence Live called Straight Talk is your opportunity to share your questions and comments on topics related to the faith or on things happening in the world around us with local hosts and priests. When you hear the sound effect, which you just did, please call 877-795-0122 or send your questions, comments to us on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you and I promise I'll try to answer them um, very gently and politically uh, because I don't always know everything. Uh, so the number, 877 795 0122. Straight talk with me for the next half an hour, everybody. 877-795-0122. Or you can send your comment or question on Facebook at Real Presence Radio's page on the Real Presence Live segment. Straight talk. You can ask me anything. You can ask me about faith. Obviously, I'm a priest. You can ask me about the University of Mary. I've been here for a whopping couple months, so I can say something about it. (laughs) I am the chaplain for the athletes here. So if you want to ask a question about the intersection of athletics and sport uh, and faith, we can do that. If you want to talk about relationships, friendships, I gave a course, not a course, um, a couple talks. On campus this spring on how to not suck at relationships, and it was really well attended by these college students. They don't want to suck at relationships, friendships, romantic relationships, uh, academic relationships, professional relationships, whatever that might be. So If you want to ask questions, I gave uh, I gave like three long spiel's on that. I'm happy to happy to speak about it. Um, anything that you might have, we can talk about. <laughs> From a Catholic lens Uh, Maybe you saw something on CNN uh, Or on MSNBC or Fox News Or whatever they are On a podcast or on Twitter or on Instagram Or something like that And you're like I want to know what the church says about that Uh, I'm happy to to be with you For that We have Something on Facebook Here Uh, Before I get to that know that you can call in At 877-795-0122 Earl on Facebook, he asks, In what ways can a Mass be invalid for the people who are present at the Mass that's being offered? Uh, Example, Is this an example that Earl's giving or just an example that we're giving? I'm not sure, but let me read this. Before the priest elevates the Blessed Sacrament, Jesus, as he and the members of the parish say, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the words and my soul shall be healed. If the priest adds his own words that aren't found in the Eucharistic prayers of the Roman Missal, would that Mass be non-valid? Okay, that is from Earl. Great. In what ways can a Mass be invalid for the people who are present? It's actually pretty hard. And this is, a, this is good for the faithful to know. It's actually pretty hard for the Mass to be invalid. Um, there's very few things that actually need to happen. The priest needs to take bread that is of wheat and water. He needs to take wine that is from grapes. And then he needs to say certain words. And those words are in bold in the, in the Missal. Uh, so for the host, he has to say, take this, all of you, and eat of it. This is my body. Um, and with the chalice, he has to say, take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood. And the prayer goes on. As long as the priest does that, takes bread, takes the wine, says those words, the mass, uh, the Eucharist is being confected. That is, the the bread and the wine are changed into the body and the blood of the Lord. So that that's about... 25 seconds of the Mass. If the Mass is an hour long, there's prayers. The priest might say the wrong prayer. There's readings. The wrong readings might be done. Uh, the readings might be done in the wrong order. Um, people might bring up strange gifts uh, along with the bread and the wine. People might sing strange songs. Um, people might insert readings from the New York Times at some point during the liturgy or something like that. We've heard of these crazy things that happen. None of that makes the Mass invalid. Um, it makes there's a difference between the mass being valid and the mass being illicit. The mass being valid means that the Eucharist is present and the priest has done what he is supposed to do. The consecration takes place um, the the Mass being licit means that the priest did everything right. (laughs) So very few Masses are actually licit (laughs) because typically things go wrong. Uh, A kid gets up and uh, the priest breaks away because uh, the child's running around the sanctuary and he goes and takes the child and places the child out of the sanctuary. Well, now the Mass is illicit because the the Missal doesn't say, pick up the child and put the child out of the sanctuary. Well, uh, okay, so we didn't do the Mass according to the law, but uh, we had to take care of this issue, whatever it might be. Or um, sometimes a Mass gets interrupted because someone passes out I mean uh, does that make the mass invalid no but it is not what the mass is supposed to be the mass is supposed to be this continuing offering with the prayers and the, the reading so um, so to the point Earl uh, if the priest adds things it doesn't uh, make the mass invalid uh, the Eucharist is, remains stays is there uh, but if the priest doesn't say the words uh, that he's supposed to say then the Eucharist is not there uh, and that's disturbing That would be a disturbing reality. So let me just say something else about that. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas in his theology uh, speaks about, well, well, what's the deal here? If the priest screws up, that's not my fault if I'm sitting in the pews. If the priest says the wrong thing or if the priest doesn't intend to do what the church's intends or the priest takes the wrong substances and he's using cranberry juice or he's using some sort of um, crackers instead of, like, so I'm not getting Jesus. And that's a a very disturbing reality. And so uh, St. Thomas Aquinas says this, the priest is responsible. He will be held uh, accountable for what he did right and what he did wrong. And the presence of Jesus will come according to, because that's what the priest is there for, the presence of Jesus will come according to what the priest does. However, this is very important, however, God will not, stop giving the graces that he wants to give through the Mass. So if a person receives um, bread that was consecrated wrongly, and uh, that bread is actually still bread, God will still give the same grace of the Eucharist, just not through that bread. At the same time that that person is eating the bread, God, God will give the grace of the Eucharist to that person. Because the person was there to receive the grace that they were there to receive. Praise the Lord for his mercy. So even if the priest who is, he is ordained solemnly oath to do the mass according to the way he's supposed to do it, according to the church, and saying the words the right way and being faithful in all of these ways, even if he were to uh, even unknowingly do it wrong or knowingly do it wrong, God will not stop giving the graces that he wants to give to the people now that priest will have to deal with that he's gonna to have to go to confession or he's gonna to have to talk to the Lord about why he's why he's making these mistakes because he goes to seminary he should be able to get it right um, so Earl thanks for the question um, if the priest takes the bread the right kind of bread if he takes the wine the right kind of wine and he says the right words 25 seconds, the Eucharist is valid. Um, I guess there is another question about whether the entire Mass is valid, and that's something that's more for the priest to understand, but we're not going to go into that right now. So Earl, thank you. If it's the Earl that I know, that's my good friend Earl, and he's a wonderful man. Uh, so Earl, praise the Lord. You're a good man. Keep living for Jesus. We're on a Straight Talk with Father Craig Vosick. You can ask any question you want. I may or may not answer it. I'm the host, so I do what I want. Uh, the number here at Real Presence, 877 877- 795 0122 again cuz you're writing it down right or you're hopping on the phone right 877 795 0122 you can also go on to real presence facebook page real presence live and you can ask a question there we've got a listener are they coming on the air with me or am i just going to am i going to hear this thing we've got a listener question They are not on the phone though. I wish they were. People, get on the horn. 877-795-0122. Alright, so here's a questioner. Here's a question. What is the best way to respond to the question, how do you prove that God exists? This listener is from the Bismarck area. Hi, I'm waving to you. I'm up on top of the hill, on top of you, Mary. You can see me. Here I am waving. What is the best way to respond to the question, how do you prove God exists? This is a four-hour question. It's a very, very good question. I recently answered it this way to someone. Um, They say, well, how do you know God exists? And I said, easy. I spoke to him this morning. (laughs) Because Jesus lives in us. Huh? And so we speak to the living God every day. We don't have to somehow prove that he's out in the sky somewhere. Uh, he, proves his, he proves his existence by dwelling in us. And I, I spoke to him this morning. Uh, so that probably won't do well for your friend, though, when they're asking, how are you going to prove that God exists? Because they will say, well, I'm not inside of you having some sort of subjective experience that maybe you're just making up. Okay, I got that. Scripture is clear on this. Uh, from St. Paul's letter to the Romans in the first chapter, St. Paul writes that we can tell that God exists simply by looking at creation. By, by simply looking at the things that have proceeded from him. You can get to the creator by looking at the creation. Um, and so just by looking around, if we are simply using our reason and looking upon things as they simply are, we are able to tell that God exists. Through things that are beautiful, through things that are truthful, through things that are good, through things that identify harmony, through things that are so exquisite and beautiful or magnificent or magnanimous or wonderful or cr- crazy awesome that it's like there's just no way that a human could do that or there's just no way that a uh, a chaotic unrational chance would bring that about. Um, So that's not a... It's not an absolute proof of God's existence, um, but it is a proof nonetheless. Um, The experience of love is a proof of something because if love has a meaning, which most of us would say love does have a meaning, if we won't give love meaning, then the meaning has to be anchored in something that would give it meaning. That is to say, I can't create meaning just because I want meaning. If it exists, that means there's there's something that made it exist. And when I experience love, and I know that, uh, when my when my father sends me a text and says, great job with the prayers, and I know that he cares about me, and I know that he loves me, uh, Whatever's going on inside of me, I can either say, well, that's, it's meaningless. It's just something that's passing through me as a sort of biological reality in my chaotic, evolved, um, super primate reality. Okay. But then my bond with my father is just that. It's chaotic and has no meaning, but it has meaning. It absolutely has meaning. Um, So that's something. Now, St. Thomas Aquinas, you can look them up. He gives five proofs for uh, God's existence. Um, And they're wonderful. And I forgot all of them. (laughs) But they go through that there's an unmoved mover, that there's a first cause, that there's things moving from other things, and there's certain things that have to be, otherwise nothing would be. And they're philosophical and ontological and metaphysical and lots of big words like that. Uh, So I I would point you to that. St. Thomas Aquinas. I would also point you to Father Robert Spitzer. This guy is fantastic. Uh, Look up Father Robert Spitzer. Go on to his different websites. He is a scientist, philosopher, theologian, exquisite genius. Uh, So look him up as well. Um, So that's another question. Hey, we've got someone on the phone uh, so I want to go to the phone, everybody. Uh, I'm going to give you the number eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. If you want to call in on the Straight Talk segment, come on, everybody. We love having you. eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Rock, you are on the phone. Hello. Or are we first Hello, with Bill? Hello. Hello.
2: Is this Rock Bach? Is Rock. this
3: Rock Bach? And wonderful to hear your voice, Rock Bach. And God bless you.
2: It's great to hear your voice.
3: Wonderful. What's your question, Rock?
2: So I was just sitting here, and and I was thinking from reading the the Magnificat about female saints, and I'm so impressed with people like Catherine of Alexandria, the patron saint of philosophers. And so my question, or just my—I just want you to comment on how the Church has lifted up female saints— over the years in, in so many various ways, even even to be the patron saint of philosophers.
3: Wow! Beautiful question, Rock. I love that you're reading the Magnificat and probing into these things. This is fantastic. The, the Magnificat, for those who don't know, is a is a monthly devotional you can get to follow the, the prayers at Mass and, and to have reflections from the lives of the saints and the teachings of the Catholic Church. It's a really magnificent, uh, small little pocket uh, devotional you can take with you um rock I want to address the question so we're talking about a saint we're talking about patron saints so I want to say something about that first the catholic church has looked at people's lives and what they exemplified and how they were excellent um sharers or participants in a certain reality so in in this case uh Catherine of Alexandria she's a patron saint of philosophy there's lots of other patron saints Uh, uh, Saint Joseph is the patron saint of carpenters well he was a he worked with his hands and so uh, we look to him as an example of how to be good working with our hands Um, but in this case we're looking at Saint Catherine of Alexandria who's a patron saint of philosophy and in particular your question is lifting up of women uh, holy women from the earliest times Um, and of course the first among all of them uh, male or female regardless is the Blessed Virgin Mary. Uh, She is the perfect disciple. She's the perfect model of what it means to be a Christian. And so we can look to Mary's example to find the way to live or act in a certain situation. As St. Paul says, be imitators of me as I am of Jesus Christ. And so we can look to any of God's faithful, those who are impregnated by the, with the Spirit of God, who are living as temples of the Holy Spirit, who are spreading uh, the fruits and the gifts that have been given, refracted as so many beautiful lights throughout the world. We can look at them and see how they imitated Jesus and imitate that person in a way as they imitate the Lord. And so in this case, St. Catherine of Alexandria, um, wise woman uh, plumbing the depths of, of truth, uh, pondering the, the reality of God and of, uh, of truth in the world. And so from the earliest days, the church has lifted up anyone, and in particular to your point, uh, men and, in this case, women, lots of women throughout the centuries, uh, who have exemplified such magnificent uh, characteristics of Jesus. They have they've been filled with the Spirit of God, they have uh, identified in particular ways certain facets of the life of Christ, uh, you know, as the body is so many different members. There's hands, there's arms, there's legs, there's backs, there's heads, there's hearts. So many times women will exemplify such beautiful aspects, uh, and in this case, uh, wisdom and, and the pursuit of truth. Um, And it's to the point that we have uh, now four of the doctors of the Church are are females. Uh, We just added another one uh, a couple years ago, St. Hildegard of Bingen. And so uh, many, many women have been lifted up for many centuries. So in this time when we're talking about uh, women's rights or lifting up women, uh, the Catholic Church can say, well, we've been doing that from the beginning, um, and there's always more that we can do. So, Rock, does that answer it a little bit?
2: Oh, yes, yes. I one of the reasons for my conversion was, was looking into how the Catholic Church has lifted up saints, like you said, of all various ways and occupations and and it just impressed me that we have this long list of people that we can identify with and that we can actually that can actually hear our prayers. Yeah. And I, I I thank you for listening to me this morning.
3: Yeah, thanks for calling in, Rock. God bless you and Hallock. I love you. <laughs> Great. Uh, thanks, wonderful. Thanks. We're, we're on straight talk here. Real Presence Live, 877-795-0122. There's still time for you to get in here. A number again, 877 795 and you can also go on Facebook uh, to Real Presence Live, Real Presence Radio's Facebook page. We're moving on uh, to Bill from Moorhead. Are you there? Yes, I am. Great. What's your question uh, today? I went
4: to something, and I've only been one time, and it's called Cor Yezu. And you you probably know what that is, right? I do, yeah. <laughs> All right. And uh, I, before I got there, I didn't know what exactly what went on there, and I knew you could go to confession. So I stood in the back for a long time. and. And they, they sang uh, hymns, and uh, there was exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, and then a person gave a talk, and then after everything was done, then, then you could go to confession if you wanted, and that's what I went there for, because I heard you could go to confession there. But it occurred to me that I have a good number of friends who have left the Catholic Church for a variety of reasons, and to invite them to come to Mass, it's kind of like, well, I can't, I'm not going to communion anymore, you know, and... The, the, but the corrierezu is uh, it's an exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, and you can just be there, and you 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 know, and you listen to the the talk, and you can go to confession if you decide. I I thought that that might be a good way to approach uh, persons who have kind of left the faith or maybe considering it, and and wouldn't wouldn't be able to go to communion, you know, during the mass, right. and so I. What do you think of that? Do you think that's a, an approach that maybe the church could use more uh, more often?
3: Bill you're onto it, man. You are onto it. I'm so your your intuition here, your understanding here is so beautiful that you that you saw this and you and you understand the difference between someone who might be able to go to communion or participating in the life of the church or all these different things. What you went to this corizio, as they call it there, simply put, um, it's a gathering of people. Whoever wants to come, they advertised it in the parish, I would imagine, through different platforms and invited people to come to the church uh, outside of a mass time, so maybe a Tuesday night or a Friday night or whatever it might be, and they just open the church, uh, maybe setting the mood by dimming some of the lights, whatever it might be, but uh, bringing the blessed sacrament, Jesus Christ, out onto the altar in exposition and allowing people to come and to pray before him, uh, to adore him, to love him, and to join other people in singing, as you mentioned in your your, uh, explanation of it, there might be a talk, a short talk given, and then there's priests available to hear confessions. This is a fabulous way to invite people who... Uh, otherwise might feel uncomfortable at Mass for a whole host of reasons. There might be someone who's uh, Catholic and hasn't been practicing for a while and just uh, knows that they can't go to communion for whatever reason because they haven't gotten to confession. They're just not ready for that. There might be someone who's not Catholic, uh, and they would be kind of weirded out by the Mass. They'd be like, what's all this standing and sitting and all this stuff? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a total outsider on all this. Um, but they want to, go to, they want to go to something, or I want to invite them to something that's less imposing, let's say, than the Mass. Not that the Mass is imposing in itself, but it can feel uh, imposing upon someone who's not familiar or not ready for it, let's say. And so to have a, a more casual, a more intimate, a, a less formal, less structured way of coming into the church, but still encountering Jesus Christ, uh, uh, still being able to sing, to pray together with others, to hear a talk, uh, to be able to go to confession, um... It's a it's a magnificent avenue bill. So, your intuition is exactly spot on. It's a magnificent uh, way, outreach, to invite people uh, into a deeper practice. Now, for a lot of reasons, uh, a person who is a Catholic and been going to Mass, but is looking for something more, let's say. Well, this is something apart from Mass, where they can encounter the Lord Jesus and sing and pray, uh, listen to His Word, in, in another way. It might be a, a deeper encounter uh, in a personal way with Jesus at that time. Who knows? Uh, or for someone as you mentioned, who's an ex-Catholic, or maybe even someone who's not Catholic. I call these things entry points, and uh, when I was in the parish, I, I focused on entry points with people, things other than the Mass that we can do as, as priests or as faithful to invite people to expose them to something of the Church without the fullness, let's say, of, of a high Mass with all the smells and bells. And so we would do Bible studies, we would do them at the church, we would also do them in people's homes, Um, less uh, imposing in a way. You can invite your friends to your house, maybe easier than you could invite them to come to Mass if they don't know the Mass, right? Um, I I hosted a wine club, which I used as an entry point. Uh, It was an opportunity for a priest to be with people uh, outside of Mass, outside of religion, but questions come up plenty of them because it's a priest right um so this uh, this point bill uh to your to your intuition you're spot on that this sort of thing and more should be done in the church with with singing or with praying or gathering or confessions or inviting people outside of the mass as well so that one day they can get to the mass uh and and receive full communion uh, in the catholic church so bill you're spot on thanks for that great insight great insight and in question
4: Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you. Bye-bye.
3: God bless. Everybody, this is magnificent. Straight Talk with me, Father Craig Vosick, going on right now. We're coming towards the end of it, but we're not done. We're not done yet. So let's keep it going, everybody. Straight Talk, the phone number here, 877-795-0122. Here's a question from Facebook. Someone came on to uh, my Facebook page and asked this. What is the point of petition prayer, that is, asking things of God, if I already know that God does what is best for us? So, if he always does what is his plan for us, why ask through prayer? Like, why would I pray for a sick person to be healed? If God wants that person to be healed, he's going to heal them. Okay. I believe he has a better plan when it feels like my prayer isn't being answered. Oh, okay, because if I'm asking and God does something else, okay, got it. But why pray for it in the first place? Hope this makes sense. This makes a ton of sense. Um, Just so you know, this question has been asked by centuries of Christians. And you could um, search this on Google and you could probably come up with a lot better answers than I'm going to give you from people like C.S. Lewis. He answered this in a magnificent way um, in... um, no, what book was that? It might have been God from the Dock, God in the Dock. Anyway, there's a bunch of questions, and he answered a bunch of them. And, and one of them, St. Augustine has also answered this question. I mean, so many people have answered this question. Um, but one answer, one reason, is that God wants to, uh, he knows our heart, but he wants us to show him that what our heart is. Does that make sense? That, um... If something's inside of me, yeah, God knows it's inside of me, a desire, let's say, for my friend to be healed. Um, but the articulation is me staking a claim in it. not just a desire inside of me, but I'm, I'm making it known that this is my desire. And it's actually good for me to make it known. Um, it'd be similar to uh, my father, who sent me a text message a few minutes ago. He wrote me a text and said, great job with the, with the prayer section of Real Presence Live. He could tell me that he loves me, or he could not say anything at all. I know that my dad loves me, but when he tells me that he loves me, it does something probably for him and it does something for me. So when I articulate to someone, let's say all my friends know that I love them, Well, then I don't need to tell them that I love them. (laughs) Wrong. Actually, I do need to tell them that I love them uh, because we need to hear that. Um, So God doesn't need to hear it. And and that's the point we need to make a distinction on. God doesn't need to hear our prayers, but we need to hear our prayers. And that articulation uh, is pleasing to him. Um, And he answers us according um, according to our desire. Uh, He does hear us. So we shouldn't have this misunderstanding of providence in that God's already doing everything and we're some sort of passive uh, bystanders in all of creation. I mean, that would be really a wrong way of understanding um, who God is and how we fit into his plan. We are not um, sort of flipped off to the side and and uncared for by him. He makes use of us. And so just like uh, if there's a poor person on the street and I say, well, why do I need to go feed that poor person? Um, If God wants to help that person, he can help that person. Wrong. He uses us. We are the body of Christ. And so my heart, my words, my petition are part of the body of Christ, part of the utterances of Jesus' own prayer to his Father and absolutely important. Uh, So not only should we not pray, we should pray more. And in St. Thomas Aquinas says, we should pray for the things that are closer to our heart because that desire that we have, it touches the heart of God. Uh, It moves him. And so don't be afraid of that at all. Um, So a great question. It's been asked hundreds and thousands of times through the centuries. And um, there's lots of different answers. um, But the simple final to that is do it. (laughs) Because it is pleasing to the Lord. He likes it. He wants it. And uh, he makes use of it. And so it, it matters. Okay, everybody. We are coming to the end. We are done with our calls. We are done looking at our Facebook page. We are done with all of that. Brothers and sisters, I'm so glad that we have this segment because we have these national call-in shows where it's probably hard for people from all over America to get, it, to get in and they get hanging on the line and, and different things like this. But you were, thanks for calling. I wanna thank Earl, I wanna thank Rock, I wanna thank Bill, I wanna thank all those people who, who reached out today uh, asking questions that, that were on their mind. That's good for us to ask these questions. We might ask the question, why ask questions? Why ask real presence? Why not just ask God and He'll tell me the answer? Well, guess what? Me asking or you asking those questions and now articulated out loud is helping other people hear something that maybe they hadn't thought of, or maybe they had thought of, and now they're hearing uh, thoughts on it as well. Similar to our petition in prayer. When I petition, I remember being at, uh, I remember being at a prayer night, and a woman opened her mouth and she said, "Lord, I want to thank you for the gift of being Catholic." Um. And I had never thought of that So that was magnificent We're moving on everybody We're done with that I want to tease this next segment Thanks for everyone who called in uh, Or wrote in with questions That segment is 9.30 every day Next, Up next is Eric Gallagher Here to talk about discipleship Coming right out